0: The Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get poor. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a a beautiful hill country winter. Is it winter morning? Can we call it winter, Angela? If it's below 60, it's winter. All right, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Good (laughs) So we have... Making you you
1: laugh.
0: Yeah, get me all (laughs) choked up over here. So, it is Monday, and that means uh, we have very special guests in the studio every Monday. Angela Smith, the founder of the Fredericksburg Tea Party. Good morning, Angela. Good
1: morning, Matt. So glad to be here.
0: I know. I'm telling you, couldn't be. I guess there's only probably one place better you could be right now, and that's with your grandbaby.
1: I that That's a really good place to be, yes.
0: It is, isn't it? Yes. Your grandbaby is just turned one?
1: Uh, he turned one in August. So he's a little older than that. He can say Gigi, and he says he he doesn't say anybody else's name except mine.
0: Except yours. How about that? Okay. I think he
1: started saying Mama, but he said Gigi
0: first. He said Gigi first. All right. Well, that'll be a continuing story <laughs> yes, that we will. will keep following uh, on the Matt Long Show on Mondays, or on the Angela Smith Show on Mondays. So. There we go. By the way, Angela, did you know that there are only 55 days left until primary voting starts?
1: You know, I was thinking there's only, what, six days till Christmas. Oh,
0: yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's what four I was days, thinking of. Four days till Christmas.
1: Yeah, okay. All right, all right. So. That's what I'm worried about. That's but all I you're will, concerned about. I will be concerned about uh, the uh, primaries. I am concerned about the
0: primaries. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, it, it is time to... Uh, I think we will have a little bit of grace on folks that are not uh, fighting this week. But after that, yes. after that, uh, <coughs> it's grace, grace runs out. That's it's right. own after on. this week. Um, today is also a very special day. It is my wife's birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Gail.
0: Happy birthday, Gail. I hope you're having a good time today. And uh, it is uh, her 29th birthday. So it is. Yeah, yeah. she looks 29. Your yeah. wife is...
1: Yeah, I'm hot mama,
0: and she is, and so uh, there you go. Great day for everybody all around, and um, we have. Oh, we're gonna got plenty of good things to talk about today. Angela's gonna tell us a Christmas story. Um, we're gonna talk about um, the number six hundred. Just a real interesting thing I ran across, and no, it doesn't have anything to do with the Book of Daniel or Revelation. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's just the number six hundred, which. Uh, I found a very interesting reference to the number 600 on Breitbart a couple of days ago, and I want to bring that to you. Um, We have on the calendar, on the calendar, besides, as Angela says, right now it's Christmas is on the calendar, and uh, that should be, this week ought to be what you're up to uh, with family, with Christmas, getting all things all wrapped up. Um, The um, 22nd of January, the Fredericksburg Tea Party is going to be bringing some very special training to the hill country and um, if you've uh, if you have not gotten your if you not signed up for the Fredericksburg Tea Party newsletter yes you need to do so yes you do we we talk about all kinds of things on this program all week every week almost every day there are a couple of things for the calendar in fact there's probably not a week or two that goes by throughout the year that there's not some kind of an event yes nearby of course um, with uh, that is uh, something to do in fact in twenty one the I'm sorry in twenty two goodness gracious twenty two <laughs> in twenty two the Fredericksburg Tea Party is going to be adding lots of new. Uh, regular events. We've already started talking about the quarterly, uh, just kind of meet and greets. No speaker, no sitting right. down to a meal. Right. Um, you know, we uh, uh, just uh, going to meet at a fun place on a Friday night. Yep. Yes. Friday night. Going to jack up your weekend. We're going to meet at a fun place on Friday night. Yes. And uh, we're calling it not TGIF, but TPIF. That's tea right. Party, it's Friday. All right. So. Uh, come on out so coming out so we're gonna have those planned uh next year um we're looking at even bringing in there are so many wonderful people now appearing i don't know on the circuit or whatever you call it Mm -hmm. uh we got a a a, a contact from uh green what's his name Um, rick 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 green about his constitution and comedy tour yes and um i don't know if you guys uh, uh were at our fundraiser that was when the hurricane went through. Was it Harvey?
1: Harvey went through. We,
0: we had our fundraiser, our annual fundraiser yes, on the Harvey weekend. Yes,
1: we did.
0: In fact, the funny thing about it is Tesla, uh, the Tesla company out of uh, San Antonio were helping us sponsor that. Yes. And they were going to bring up two Teslas. They were. They were. And if you remember, we actually had to arrange to let people off right at the door. The wind was blowing so bad. Yes. The wind was blowing, and it was pouring down Wet, rain and thunder muddy. and lightning. Oh. oh, it was horrible. And uh, But we had our event. There were several people. I remember um, Senator Buckingham, who was scheduled to come, said, Matt, the last thing I need is a picture of me drinking a glass of wine at your party. <laughs> while we're going through harvey and i agreed with her and so uh we had several people that didn't come to that but the point of all of this is that uh the constitution and comedy tour is uh constitution comedy is going to go on tour again yes it is and uh, i think it'd be real fun to get them into the hill country so Um, We're gonna try that. We'll see. We got no dates, no even no guarantees. No. But at least uh, paying attention to know that Rick Green and uh, is gonna go out uh, on tour. So there's all kinds of little things coming up. You met uh, who was it? You met a couple of weeks ago. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh oh. Um, He was starting Family First yes family first and no uh, big family it's called big family that's what it's called big family family.
1: and i am sorry i do not know his
0: name that's all right that's Uh, all right we have it all that's why we write things down yes and if i don't
1: write it down matt you know at this point in my life that's it goes over my head sometimes but this dude is young vibrant he's his deal is there's big tech there's big business big farming big big pharma let's have big family And uh, we're looking forward to reaching out to him and bringing him to the whole country.
0: So all kinds of things we can do. And the only way you can find out and get the real low down with links and everything that will take you right to tickets if you need them or more information if Mm -hmm. you need it is through the Fredericksburg Tea Party Newsletter. That's right. um, Which Tori, our good friend Tori, puts out every Monday. It is
1: incredible it's
0: incredible you would think you would almost think that we were paying her to do that and maybe we should be
1: well we should be Uh, shout out to tori she is just on it every week i don't have to worry about it she puts up with me like i think i was sending content to her last night it was late i'm sorry the weekend to just fly by i need to do a Needed to have a Friday deadline because once the weekend hits, you know how it goes. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So, But she gets that out there. And I'm telling you, Matt, we're about to hit 1,000 on our subscriber list because she's doing such a great job.
0: That's great. And uh, all of that, to circ- we'll circle back. We'll do a sake statement here. We're going to circle <laughs> all the way back to January 22 and our training coming up on Saturday, January the 22nd. Yes. Of 2022. Fun.
1: It's going to be fun. You're going to love it. You're going. To, this is what you've been looking for. We're going to do it right here in Kerrville mm-hmm. so that we can draw from the hill country. Mm-hmm. It's a great central location. And uh, you. I mean, I just can't wait. To, I can't
0: wait. Yep. It's going to be good. Yes. The early bird cost on that is $40. Yeah. And um, that I don't even know that that covers the expenses, but that's the deal. Um, that's the way it is all set up and, uh, you will, uh, it, it, you'll get an amazing amount of training out of it. Uh, it's $40 is the early bird. I think mm-hmm. like a week before they raise it to $50, yes. but yes. right now you can follow that link. Go ahead, get that on your calendar for January 22nd of next year. And uh, get signed up on that. Go check it out.
1: What's their What's their tag? If you are not feared in politics, you are not respected.
0: That's right. If you're not feared, you're Boy, not respected.
1: When I saw that, I was like, uh, I'm there. I want to know what this is all
0: about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. I had I'd almost forgotten about that. So um, let's do a little bit of Ben Franklin, then we're going to take off. I'm going to mention the number 600 again. All right. And uh, we'll be right back. Let's see. Uh, Well done is better than well said. Ben Franklin said well done is better than well said. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. And uh, as always, on Mondays, Angela Smith is in the studio. Good morning again, Angela.
1: Good morning, Matt. So happy to be here in this
0: seat. I know. Isn't it fun? I love coming in here. Yeah. So a couple of things. Let's talk about the number 600. I just thought this was very interesting. So I'm at Breitbart on, I guess it was either last Wednesday or Thursday, and I'm looking at stories and there's a story at the top of the list about 600 illegal aliens who had been caught crossing somewhere in the del rio valley okay. very very normal day right i yeah. mean just it was like yeah 600 caught at once oh well whatever um we are by the way i think our october november are either october or november's were 100,000 more than a year ago today oh yeah Definitely. it was like 140,000 mm-hmm. In October, November, and of this year, and uh, a year ago, it was exact. It was almost exactly a hundred thousand less. Okay. So that's what's going on. So I'm reading this article. It's about six hundred illegals caught at the uh, border, and you know, you go on down, and and uh, pretty much the same story. And then I go on down a couple of stories, and again, I see six hundred illegals, immigrants, and I went, here's that number again and it was 600 illegals who were trying to get from France to England and the 600 ended up being a that being a national story a huge deal mm-hmm. politicians from both sides talking about it everybody arguing about it well wow. the big fight over 600 and i just remember thinking where's that other story about 600 and we didn't even know it happened yeah yeah we didn't even know it happened didn't even blink didn't no ne- it did- didn't
1: even make the headlines didn't make I mean, the, like headlines. the headlines
0: and so 600 attempt to get into england and everybody was all bent out of shape and i just thought that was really just kind of gives us an idea of how little importance we're putting on it as a country and other countries are saying wait a minute we can't just have that massive flow of people into our country so anyway just something that's been on my head in my head since i saw that a couple of weeks ago we we can't forget that what's going on at the border is still going on we can't forget that our locals, this is not just a federal issue. I think we could say it was a federal issue up until a couple of years ago. But this is no longer a federal no. issue. This is our backyard.
1: Exactly. We are being invaded. That is not an overstatement. And yeah. um, unfortunately, our governor hasn't taken that very seriously.
0: The Now, he's been making some progress. He has, um, we have started erecting a, it appears to me by the pictures, but the stories I can't tell, it appears that they are starting to use the panels of the Trump wall and that Texas is putting them up. Have you seen those pictures?
1: I've seen that picture. You'll see that in this week's um, email. Okay. It replicates.
0: Okay. It's,
1: It's a replica.
0: So all of those other panels that the federal government paid for that have not been yes. erected yes. are laying there on they the are, ground somewhere. They
1: are somewhere. still there. We're replicating. They're calling it a replica.
0: Ah.
1: But I, I'm, intri- I'm curious, Matt, because you'll also see in our newsletter today pictures from Abbott of chain link with razor wire. Right. Um. So what's he up to? Did he get a lot of a lot of pushback and a lot of ha-ha, ha ha? He he. What are you thinking about? Yeah. And so he went to replicating President Trump's because he's up for election. You know. Right. I mean, and he is being challenged. Yeah. Big
0: Boy. time. Big time.
1: These boys aren't messing around. They're they're calling it like it is. So I don't know what what uh, Abbott's up to. That's my concern right now. Is what is he up to? He's replicating. And he's also got a chain-link fence up with razor wire. So like,
0: like they don't sell bolt cutters like, in Mexico. Yeah, they don't, they don't use those. <laughs> <You> know, <Yeah. laughs> they, nobody's ever, uh, uh, ever even considered a bolt cutter. I they, mean, you yeah. can put the razor wire on top and all of it looks good, but you can just take a bolt cutter and yeah. just go click, 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 like click. Like they're click doing through. it to
1: every rancher's property down south. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They're doing complete. it all the time, ruining
1: oh. their fence.
0: So that's interesting to know that the pictures I saw, those are replicas. And and the sad thing about this, it just shows you how government, how horribly inefficient government is that we probably for legal reasons or for whatever, we probably cannot go over and pick up those leftover wherever that was interrupted. This is insane. This is insane. We need leadership in Texas that can see through this. We need leadership in the House. We, we, we've been saying this we need almost a complete turnover of the Republicans in the Texas House. Angela, would you agree with that? All day long?
1: I, I would we knew it you know a couple years ago. Now we are for sure needing to get rid of most of the Republicans. Starting with the governor, on the way down to the speaker of the house, who just spent some time with all of the uh Democrats Democrats. who bailed on us. Yeah, he went to one of their events. That's the speaker of the house,
0: Republican elected. Yes,
1: I mean, I whoever who listen, whoever out there is in Dade Phelan's district, please,
0: oh, good lord, please get rid of him. Please do anything. Do, us, do Texas anything. a
1: favor and get yeah. rid of this guy. So we'll have to look for a, a newer speaker and maybe a maybe a better one. I Listen, don't know. when it Can't comes to get
0: a good one, when it comes to talking to your incumbents and those people that are challenging them this year in your house district, you need to ask them straight up front: Are you going to support Dade Phelan and his camp? Yeah. Really, the question ought to be: <laughs> the question ought to be Are you going to fight the Republicans from day one? Yeah. If you have a representative, if you have someone that comes in, if you have someone comes in that wants your vote and is not an incumbent, ask them on day one if they're going to challenge the rules. Right. Our House rules are set up so horribly. The rules are where we get are are where we get uh, Democrat chairs for important committees the rules are where we how we select the speaker the rules have the procedures by which the house operates every year and the house if you've been watching how it operates it, it's it's we're we need a new operating system in the house
1: yeah i mean we need we need republicans to step up and do the job that most Republicans think they have sent that representative to do. Because you and I talk to good Republicans out there who are voting every time, who are trying to make a difference. I mean, especially the people that are just voting. They really think that if they send a Republican, they're going to do all the things that you and I are up there fighting and begging republicans to do
0: like the simple thing like the republican party platform is that That, what you're talking about the the
1: platform the (laughs) The priorities priorities. yeah um like like uh, jeff younger said why is it so hard to get republicans to even think about addressing the priorities
0: why is that that so hard right it's such a great question and, and um, it's a good one to ask your incumbent. Yes. And um, if they, and, and here, we're you know, we're going to go ahead and tell you some of the answers they're going to give you, so you're going to be ready. One of the answers you're going to give to that is they only have so much time. Yes. And so they get to pick what, you know, they get they pick the things that they think are going to go through. Mm-hmm. Now, it has to be approved by Dade Phelan, if you're in the House. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the Senate, it has to be approved by Lieutenant Dan. And so the, this idea that um, somehow they all get up there and they throw all these ideas out and everybody talks about it and they figure out what they're going to do and how to solve problems, that's not how it works anymore. Right. And it is r- as rigged in Austin as it is in the Washington, D.C. I'm going to okay. repeat that again. Things are as rigged in Austin as they are in Washington, D.C. Yes. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Stickland, uh, when he was elected, uh, the first time he was elected and I heard this, uh, Stickland story yesterday, um, he said that if you'll elect me after two years, he said, I'll come out and tell you every dirty secret of how things work up at the Capitol. And he did, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he did. And that was six years ago. You know, he served, he had four terms. He served for eight years, um, and, uh, did not, uh, chose not to run again We've had him on this program a couple of times tell us how things really happen behind the That's scenes. correct, right. And it, it is as bad. It is all rigged before that first day of, uh, of session, every January, whatever it is, uh, on odd-numbered years. Mm-hmm. When those guys go in, they've already figured out what legislature legislation is going to get through what they're going to concentrate on what they're not going to mess with and they'll even tell you with that if they're honest they'll even tell you because our we we talked about uh, constitutional carry which ended up being permitless carry that's correct and not constitutional carry but w- the answer we were given in the 84th and the 85th and the 86th session was not this session right we and, we and don't th- have room for it right. in this and session. we're
1: talking six years at least yeah. trying to get that
0: get that or through more
1: so and these are republicans we're talking to okay?
0: republicans <laughs>
1: so when your republican blames the democrats yeah <laughs> they're kind of laugh and say you know y'all y'all own austin yes you own the house you own the senate you we have a, a republican governor right that won't veto what we send to him yep come on guys but don't- the, let's, let's don't blame the, the democrats let's get to work
0: so, the um, back to Dade Phelan. Yeah. So, Dade Phelan, Speaker of the House, went to a fundraiser down in, um, by the way, Dade's out of Beaumont. If you know anybody in the Beaumont area, um, he needs to be replaced down there. So, um, Phelan uh, goes down to a fundraiser in the um, down in the Rio Grande Valley, which is brilliant because, you know, the Rio Grande Valley is uh, turning Very slowly turning red. Yes, it is. It is um, very, very slowly, but surely turning red. And so Dade Phelan go to the Rio Grande Valley. It sounds like a great idea, but he didn't go to a Republican event. He went to a Democrat, a fundraising event for an incumbent Democrat. (laughs) And uh, he sends out a tweet with his pictures with uh, state reps uh, Terry Canales Sergio Munoz Jr., Oscar Longoria, Armando Martinez, and Bobby Guerra, and then State Senator Chuy Hinojosa. Um The one thing they all have in common except for the senator is that they were part of that group that went ran away to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly
1: the quorum right. The quorum-busting bunch. Yes.
0: And so how do they get rewarded for that? They get rewarded by the Republican Speaker of the House going to their fundraiser yeah. for an incumbent. Folks, I don't know how to tell you. If your representative says, Well, we don't we can't make waves on day day one and you know, Dade Feelings, he's got the support of the of the, the Republican caucus, here's what they'll tell you. They'll say Feelins got the support of the Republican caucus. Folks, I don't know how to tell you. Angela is like sitting here speechless. What What do we do? These guys have got to go, and we have to yep. do it at each individual representative's office. Yep. St- and you've got
1: you've got to look to your own backyard first. You know, you've got to look. You know, uh, Gillespie County uh, 19 has an open seat, mm-hmm. and uh, here in Kerrville. Uh, the representative here is being challenged by Westfordell.
0: Westfordell, so
1: take a take a hard look because you want you don't want to be embarrassed that you're sending those kinds of Republicans to Austin. You yeah, you want to be proud of what you're sending there.
0: You you really should be cheering for the Republican that is most hated at the state capitol.
1: Yeah, because they're in the minority.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Republicans who stand up for you
1: and really are- do what you th- think they're supposed to do. Are in the minority at this point and are not well liked. They're reviled. Yes. They're, they're hated. Yeah, they take a they take a bunch of you know what.
0: Yeah, they do. For that job. And uh, we've we had two uh, new. Uh, I, I guess that's what it takes as a rookie coming in. You know, Brian Slayton mm-hmm. came in on day one last year and challenged them and was heavily punished for it. Um, Kyle Biederman challenged them in his three sessions. Oh yeah, was heavily punished for it. People like Jonathan Stickland came in, extremely heavily punished for it. But these are the kind of folks we need to uh, get in office yes. until we have until we have a true Republican uh, majority within the Republican caucus. It, it, it's even crazy to even be saying it. Right.
1: Right. But but that's why we end up with a bad Republican speaker is because we have bad Republicans. Yes. Who vote him in yep so they're they're always going to vote their their kind in and if you're sending you know rhino types up there that's what we'll have as speakers as a rhino that's what we'll have
0: and here's what they'll tell you one of the things that your uh, incumbent will tell you was everybody voted it was unanimous for the speaker everybody voted for him they must have all liked him
1: yeah that's what they say
0: that's what they'll tell you Now, last session, there were two that did not vote uh, for the Speaker. Brian Slayton was one of them. I'm not sure who the – I don't remember who the other one was. Um, But they did not vote. They went Mm -hmm. against the Speaker. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Kyle Biederman did his first session when we had Scott Turner Mm -hmm. um, in. And uh, the uh, 14 there all got punished for that. Listen, we're going way over time. Um, We need to take a short break and – We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, you know we need to get to some Christmas stories, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to point this out. You're gonna hear this almost every day until the primaries are coming up. Our 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 Republicans in the House are as bad as the Republicans in the Congress in Washington D.C. Right? They absolutely. Are. If you look at Washington D.C. and you think, oh, that's just horrible over there, and look what John Cornyn and Look at all those Republicans who voted for the uh, one of the big bills. The uh, I think it was the raising the debt limit. Yes, And it was. then John Corr, that was in the House. There were like 22 or 19 or 20 Republicans that voted in the House with that. And then it got over to the Senate, and uh, they had to have cloture. Well, you needed 60 votes for clo- something like that. And so they needed one Republican to step up. To bust the rules because they only needed 51 for cloture instead of 60 instead of 60, and so if they could get the 51, then that eliminated the 60 vote. Mm -hmm. So at that point, the Republicans had the win because there's no way they're going to get 60 votes. That's correct. There's no way that the Democrats were going to pull 10 Republicans over. But all they needed was one to get that vote, and that was John Cornyn. So we sit here and we trash those guys in Washington, and then we look in Austin and say, oh, well, this is Texas. Folks, it, it, that's, a, that's a delusion. Your Texas house is run by progressives, by progressive Republicans. Yes. in In lockstep with the Democrats. The proof is in the pudding. The Democrats, first of all, Dade in accepting the invitation to go. I'm not as, that doesn't bother me as much. I mean, he was their speaker. That's true. He was their speaker. Yes. All right. So I'm not going to, now here's the catch in this, that they thought they could invite the Republican speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and that it would be okay.
1: He might come, and, 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 and then and Democrats would be okay. And that Democrats the would. Republican was down there. What yeah. do they know yeah. that we should know? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe he's not really
0: a Republican. So maybe he's not real. Well, oh boy, what about that? Folks down in Beaumont, y'all get your act together. Replace Dade Phelan. Let us know if you need any help. We'll do what we can from up here, but uh, this is in uh, Beaumont's back pocket right now let's talk Christmas. Angela, you know, Angela, I'm going to have, I'm going to tell a couple of my own Christmas stories this week. All right. And I haven't told my mom yet, but I'm going to have my mom come on and, uh, Hey mom, if you're listening, uh, we need some of your early, I want some of my mom's, uh, Christmas stories from when she was 12, 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. And so I asked Angela on the way over, I said, do you have any Christmas stories from when you're, 12 13 or 14 that's a lot closer than my mom's 12 13 or 14 there you go yeah a lot closer and oh, well. so i ask her and she's like she's like well i just didn't everything was just normal i started questioning her. angela y'all had a real christmas tree every year right oh we
1: we've always had a. we've never bought a christmas like a
0: fake a fake christmas tree
1: <laughs> we call them fake fake my, yeah. my sister calls it She's got a new word for the tree that she bought that was Uh pre-lit and all the
0: lights don't work this year. (laughs) Oh, no. You get one year out of it. There's a
1: story, my sister's story. Yeah, She bought this engineered, I don't know, they call it some name like that instead of fake, and uh, it had had these lights on it and it, oh, it's awesome. You put it together, it's fabulous. She had to take every one of those lights off (gasps) off <gasps> and they put gazillions on there when and they, they bring, wire them on there they wire them or clip them and you know how they do oh yeah they're gonna be on there forever apparently none the of them worked this year I so had to oh. take them all off which was harder than putting them on i can tell you that yeah so that <laughs> that happened to my sister this year oh you think But that serves her because this family buys real trees real trees we go buy a real tree and we stick the real tree up, and we deal my sister's OCD on when it comes to cleanliness. So if the needles start falling, that becomes an issue. That's why she got this engineered... faux tree, huh? tree thing. And um, I said, well, that's what happens.
0: You know, I wouldn't be surprised, and I have no idea. Um, Bob, do you all have a real tree or a fake? A fake. I would be willing to get guess that probably... I don't know. Most Americans, I don't know, three-quarters of Americans have a fake tree, have a, have a faux tree. Okay. I have no idea. That'll be fun to look that up. Maybe we can uh, Maybe we can look that up and let you know tomorrow. But um, I remember going out and uh, cutting um, in Oregon, you could cut a Christmas tree where the power lines go through the mountains. They can't mm-hmm. let the trees go very tall. Yeah. And so for back in the day when i lived in oregon in the 90s it was five dollars for a permit and of course you had to drive up into the snow covered mountains and my buddy irv that's where i usually spent my christmases with irv and his family when i was living in oregon or his mom and uh, we would help her get all set up and she wanted a tree cut down from there but she didn't want one of the little trees cut from the ground she (laughs) wanted us to take a big tree down Oh. and cut the top of it okay. off.
1: Right. Does wow, that make wow. sense? Wow, yes. I know because exactly. so
0: we had to, so rather than try to find a small tree that you would cut at the base, she would say, take the top. I want the top six feet of a nice tree. Wow. And so that was our job <laughs> was to go out every year for um, Irv Schultz's mom and uh, get a uh, tree that way. When did y'all start decorating?
1: Well, we... Uh, we're in the we're in retail, so we what we would end up in doing is we'd have to decorate a little later, about, about a week before. Before Christmas. Before Christmas, okay. yeah. That's like... We'd get it up as fast as we could, but that was about as good as we could do. Otherwise, we would have had to start it before the Christmas rush, which would be, what, December 1st or something, and then it would die. So we'd have to wait a little later, but the tree would stay. Listen, every one of our trees, we don't name them. But they have their own personality, and everyone is better than the last.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's
1: better than the last. So, this one, so we would end up invariably leaving them up almost all the way through January. (gasps) Oh, my
0: goodness. Because
1: we didn't get to, we'd only gotten to see it a little bit during the week that it was up. And we, and, and after after christmas was over we were in clothing the retail business yeah
0: yeah western wear is that what your mom and dad had a western wear kind of like a
1: caverners and so we would get to finally enjoy the tree it was still alive it was still being watered the whole thing so we'd just leave it up through almost all of january we might have left one up till valentine's but i'm not
0: wow wow (laughs) you know that is (laughs) Is that, that funny it is funny um, I, I have heard of the, I kind of grew up with the uh, hearing that the, the rule, if there was such a thing, such a thing, the yes. rules were that you had to have it down before new year's. That oh, was, that was yeah. the rule that I kind of grew up, Bob's shaking his head. No. Um, and then when I got married, I just, you know, you just, the rules are the rules, right?
1: Right. right. You thought well, everybody followed I those rules. everybody
0: followed those rules. <laughs> then I got married, which was twenty-one years ago and five days. Twenty-one years and five days ago, I got married, and um, the uh, rule that my wife grew up with was, was that you take it down. You don't take it down before New Year's mm-hmm. Day. You you have to leave it up through New Year's Day, but you take it down on New Year's Day. Oh, okay. All right. Now. My grandmother, and we'll, we'll let my mother tell this story later on the week, but I'll give you a teaser. My grandmother, you started taking down Christmas, and I'm not exaggerating, the very second that the last gift <laughs> was opened and observed. All right? So the oh. last gift is opened and observed, and we'll go through our my mother's family's tradition of opening gifts. When we get my mom <laughs> on here, this is going to be a must- listen okay. show so she also we also had to see i'm going to give all the teasers here we couldn't just rip open the paper you had to take the paper off carefully yes and fold it up okay and use it again okay my grandmother even reused christmas cards okay and she would like scratch the name out <laughs> She,
1: she, i thought s- you were going to say she cut the front off or something no, and used it as a no as a gift card you know no. i have seen that or done that and it's kind of fun to do actually but to scratch the, the name, name out while-
0: <laughs> she sent a a christmas card to my cousin carol one year and it had been a recycled but she didn't have an envelope that fit the card so, so she, she folded cut the card it? no she cut the card Well, she cut baby Jesus in half in the manger scene, didn't pay any attention to that, sends it to Kara, and my poor cousin Kara's like, where did this come from? (laughs) That may have been the year that she also, I think Kara was in her early 20s, maybe in college or something, and uh, my grandmother decided that a lot of this old underwear she had just needed to go to Kara because Kara was going off to college and made need. Poor Kara. She got granny panties from from Christmas from grandma that year, from grandma at Christmas that year. That's
1: when she, what what did, she must have put her foot down at that point. Oh
0: no, you didn't put your no. foot down with <laughs> no, not with my mama Mac. There was no foot putting down. My granddad didn't even put his foot down with her. <laughs> um, she she was a woman in charge. And um, she raised an incredible family. We're running way over time, folks. Um, We're going to come back here in a minute, and we're going to get to day 19 and day 20 of the Advent. Y'all stay tuned. Folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Got some information for you. Our Bob, our uh, crack researcher, uh, found gave us some numbers here this year. Seventy-nine percent of Americans are planning on putting up a tree. All right, so about eighty percent of Americans, are, and that he says is up from last year. So that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good percentage. I would be curious. It, I would just like to talk to one of the twenty-one percent. You don't put up a tree, Lorraine. All right, Lorraine does not put up a tree. She hates Christmas and Santa Claus. She hates children. She <laughs> she's over there arguing, with me, but you can't hear her because she doesn't have a mic. Um, but uh, so she oh she's about to have a mic. I'll get probably she's gonna have thirty minutes of revenge. Um, the uh, so there's one of the twenty one percent. We'll get her to tell you why uh, sometime. We'll we'll figure that out. But out of that 79% that will put up a tree, 80% of those people are going to put up an artificial tree. So those putting real trees up like Angela every like year, Angela, you guys are, are in, <laughs> in a, a minority. serious minority.
1: Matt, it's the story of our life, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we're in the minority on everything. So I'm putting a tree up, a real one. A real hey, tree. There. Oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> and our good friends Jerry and Judy sent me a text. And uh, Jerry and Judy said, uh, our Christmas tree has its personality from its vintage ornaments. And, there you, go. You, you know, I guess, and, and I've always, you know, I love Judy and Jerry, and I've kind of considered them vintage. So <laughs> that just that just fits. It fits perfectly. It fits perfectly. Beautifully. Beautifully. We should talk, uh, we should uh, get someone on here to talk about ornaments. Our ornaments at our house are, each one I can tell you a story about yes that's fun every single ornament with there's a we have a few filler ornaments in there but with the vast majority of them there is a story that we can tell you about that ornament my cat broke one of my old school denver broncos ornaments Ear gail says she can get me a new one but it's old school it's got the old D. don't know if she's going to be able to find it might have eBay. to go ebay that's right might have to go to ebay or somewhere and spend uh you know a hundred bucks on the ornament that uh, my cat took off the tree she did hang we also have some cowboys ornaments up there and she put all of her cowboy ornaments out up out of the reach of the cats was that what she did yeah, yeah. and the broncos ornaments are right down there on the bottom so I'm not sure this my, – my wife and I have this Cowboys-Broncos uh, thing that's been going on. Uh, the uh, About a month before we got married, we went to a Cowboys-Broncos game uh, together. I was all – I had my face painted orange and blue. The big I mean, I was the guy they put on TV. Yes, right. And my wife was the cowboy lady that they put on TV because of all her makeup and all of her – we were both in opposite uniforms, and uh, so we've had that going since before we got married. Good. And uh, so we keep that rivalry up, and she gets me paid back. Um, she's at, She just texted me, see, and said, you better be nice. It's my birthday. So <laughs> we're going to be nice. We're going to be nice. The rest of the show, we're going to be nice to um, my wife, Gail. It's her birthday, her 29th birthday. I just married. I robbed the cradle um and uh so i'm going to go to day 19 angela have you been following our advent reading yes i have it's uh this is the story of uh, the birth of christ the coming of christ and that's what advent means and so i'm going to read saturdays or i mean sundays yesterdays and then todays um uh yesterdays was called the lantern or the lamp have you ever lived out in the country Well, that's most of us right here. Have you ever lived out in the country? Do you remember what it was like after the sun went down? How dark it got when your electricity went out during a storm? Ever been out camping in the woods? How dark did it get when you turned the lantern off at bedtime? The stable probably wasn't as dark as that, but it certainly didn't have any lighting. After all, it couldn't because of the animals and the possibility of fire. That made it a very, very dark Place once the Sun went down the only light would have been from lamps inside houses and buildings in Bethlehem we really aren't told about any lighting in the biblical text text but since the actual advent happened at night the only way for anyone to see what would have been some type of simple oil lamp it certainly wouldn't have provided much light most candles provide less than 20 lumens of light And a 25-watt incandescent bulb uh, provides 210 lumens, so a tenth of a 25-watt bulb. So one thing is for certain, there wasn't much light in the stable. However, when you are in a dark enough place, even a little light helps. Whatever light there was in the stable that night, it was enough to enable everyone to see the fulfillment of centuries of prophecies. They saw the true light of the world. Do you ever feel like the light in your life fades and make you finding your way more difficult? Do you ever feel like you need a bright spotlight? If so, you need Jesus. It wasn't a lamp or a candle that supplied the needs of the stable inhabitants. It was the newborn Savior who shined brightly in that dimly lit room, and it is the same Savior who wants to brighten you up. Now let's get to the animals. This is day twenty. Now days when we think of animals in a barn, the first image that pops into our mind is probably a horse. In Jesus' day, only the rich would have owned a horse. The most common mode of transportation for those poor families traveling for the census would have most likely been by donkey. Not very glorious or impressive, but it was affordable. Therefore, the stable surely had several donkeys inside. There also may have been a cow or a goat in the stable of the inn for milk and or meat, maybe, maybe even a sheep or two for mutton. Nothing but the usual buzz, brays, and moos, possibly even a few clucks, would have disturbed the quiet night as the animals settled down to rest. So imagine the animals' surprise when Mary and Joseph made their way inside their stable and, of all things, began to make themselves at home as they prepared a place for the coming baby to sleep. The animals' motel had been invaded by none other than the Holy Family. A little while later, these animals became the most blessed of all ages. They were the only eyewitnesses to the actual birth of Messiah, the baby Jesus. You may not have been a witness to Jesus' birth in that stable, but a more important question is, have you been a witness to his birth inside you? Have you surrendered to him to make the birth possible? If you haven't, why not do it now? If you have, have you maintained your surrender? think about it. Y'all stay tuned for Lorraine, and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you, Angela, for coming in.
1: Thank you, Matt. Have a good one.
0: All right.